um, to be ready and to be prepared for um, what's, what's ahead. Help us, Lord, to not just hear the words, but to actually take them in and to understand that they are you kind of encouraging us, actually. You're on the right track. You're going the right way. So uh, just keep going, keep going, and help one another. And, and Lord, I love that. I love that, Lord, that you do that, that you put us together and you enable us to help one another. And, and that as we do, we recognize your love through each of the people that you surround us with. So I thank you for it, Lord. I ask you, as I say, to finish us off, um, help us to see what you would have us see, and then help us to take it home with us and into our separate fellowships where we go to church, what we call church. Lord, help us to, to manifest your presence there when we go so that people know, as they did for those disciples, well, they saw them and they knew that they had been with Jesus. And Lord, that's what we want. We want people to see us and know that we have been with you. And so I pray for that now as we finish up today. And I pray most of all, Lord, that you have been glorified and honoured in this day, that our conversation has pleased you, that our being here, wanting to hear from you, has pleased you. And I know that it has, Lord. And I know that today you would say about us that you rejoice over us with shouts of joy. You rejoice over us with singing. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So Noah, his life was a message and his building the ark was a message. And he didn't probably have to, he was a preacher of righteousness, but I think that he, he preached the truth that judgment was coming um, so that people would know how to, how to escape that judgment, how to be safe from that judgment. And so really, uh, his building the ark spoke to people around them. And actually, that's what we're doing, isn't it? We are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. We're saying he's already come once and he is coming again. And so we're, we're doing our part to build the kingdom of God, to bring people into the ark. And there, will be, there were some probably in Noah's day who... Um, who kind of sort of believed him because they knew him, they knew his family, they thought, well, he's usually a regular guy, he probably knows what he's talking about. But um, they didn't believe him enough to give themselves to the building of the ark. I think there were probably others who would say they were on the fence, they were just waiting to see, if I see a few drops of rain, I might kind of help him out. But they didn't see any rain, and so they thought, you know, this is going on forever. hundred years, let's face it, that's a long time. So, he, you know, this is, and he's been talking about this for such a long time, I just can't really see that it's coming. Um, I think there would have been others who thought they had time. They had time. Okay, he's building the ark, he says judgment's coming, he says there's going to be a flood. And, but if there is, if it starts to rain, I'm going to have time to get in. I think there's a lot of people like these people in our day. They think they've got time. They don't really want to align themselves with us because they, they don't want all the ridicule. They don't want to have people saying, oh, you don't believe that stuff, do you? You don't believe all that. Go live and let live. Go and, you know, go and have a good time. There's people like that around. Um, and, and I, think, I think, as I say, for a large part, I mean, I live with an unbeliever, so I'm sure he thinks he's got time. Um, and that uh, one day he'll make up his mind. You know, he's a good man, he lives a good life, he's ethical, moral, he's loving, he's kind. He's all the things that Christians should be, and he's not a believer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Everyone says yes, yes. He's not a believer yet. Um, 
But what I'm saying is there will be lots of people out there who are like him, who think that they have time to make up their mind, who are sitting on a fence that doesn't actually exist because they, they think there's three places. There's, there's being in the kingdom of God, there's being outside the kingdom of God, and then there's being in this imaginary place in the middle which doesn't exist. So um, I think that was true probably in Noah's day, and I think that's true in the church today, everywhere in the church, that people are sitting on a fence. They don't want to commit too much. They don't want to give up all their time. Uh, but they want to be in. And they think they are in because they're going. So they think, if anything happens, if anything changes, I'm going to hear about it first and I'm going to be able to do something about it. And uh, one of the things that um, Genesis tells us and Revelation tells us is that God closed the door. God sent the flood. It wasn't just rain. It wasn't our little ark bobbing up and down with the giraffe on top. It was a cataclysmic uh, opening of the canopy of heaven and fountains of the great deep coming up. There was no time. And God closed the door. And I don't know if there were people banging on the door of the ark. But Noah couldn't open it. So the reason to be ready is to be ready for ourselves, of course, to make sure we're in the right place with God, but also to make sure that we are correctly representing him. Because we want people to get on the ark. That's the whole purpose. You want people to get on. And they're not going to get on if we don't correctly represent what the ark is. The ark is Jesus. We want people to come to him. We want them to come to him and know him for who he is. And um, one of the things that Jude says at the end of his, uh, of his little letter is, um, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. We belong to the God who can do this, who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us before him blameless with great joy. That's our God. And he has promised to do that. And I was thinking about how we would finish up today, thinking about... um, we talked so much about deception, about people who are not believing, people who are inside the church not believing. Um, and sometimes you can get really carried away with all the things that are not right in the church and all the things that are, the, all the deception that's going on, all the opposition, all the disruption, all the division. But I wanted to finish with um, a psalm, actually, Psalm 91. Um, I probably won't stay in Psalm 91 because I just seem not to be able to stay in one place. But um, Psalm 91, because this is true about us. You and I belong to the Lord Jesus. We belong to God. And, um, and in Jude, Jude tells us that God is able to keep us. And right at the beginning of his letter, he started with, um, to, the beloved, to the believers, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. So there's a promise at the beginning that we are being kept, that we are beloved by God, and that we are being kept 
watched over, protected, preserved for Jesus. And then at the end, it's almost like his benediction just doubles that and says, now God is able to do that. He's, he's promised to do it, and he's able to do it. He's keeping you and I for Jesus. I mean, how wonderful is that? God the Father is keeping us for Jesus, and he is able to do that. And then in Psalm 91, we see all that that entails, actually, this keeping for Jesus, this keeping of the bride of Christ for Christ. And Psalm 91 um, kind of amplifies that, really. Um, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue and honour him. And with a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. God is our refuge. He is our shelter from danger. He is our deliverer and our protector. He protects us from the snare of the trapper, from the snare of Satan. He protects us from all the ways that Satan tries to do us down. And God protects us through faith. Peter will write in 1 Peter chapter 1 that we are protected by the power of God through faith, ready for a salvation to be revealed in the last day. God protects us through faith. Through what faith? Through the faith that was once for all handed down to the saints. God protects us by faith. And he says here in this this psalm, we are protected from the work of the enemy. He says we won't be afraid of the terror at night. You know, I know lots and lots of people who are afraid, not just at night, they're afraid in the daytime. We live in a world that is afraid. We live with people around us all the time who are afraid. They're afraid because they cannot understand or control the world they live in. And God says here, you will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. You won't be afraid of the pestilence that stalks in darkness. You won't be afraid of the destruction that lays waste at noon. You won't be afraid of sickness. You won't be afraid of not understanding the world you live in. You won't be afraid of whatever the enemy throws at you because you know a God who has promised to protect you. And the thing is, your lack of fear is witnessing to the people around you. 
Your lack of fear speaks of who God is. I am not afraid, for I know whom I have believed. I am not afraid, because I know where I'm going. I am not afraid of whatever the enemy throws at me, because my God is bigger, my God is stronger, my God is mightier. We can build the ark free from disruption, because we know a God who has promised to protect us. We can stand for God together. It's our choice. If we choose to do this, he promises to protect us. If you, prom- if you choose to live for his glory, he will enable you to live for his glory so much more than you ever imagined you would. He- Paul will write now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we can ask or imagine. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. God has promised that every little one toe in the water you put, he will sweep you in and cause you to live a life that will knock your socks off, that will absolutely proclaim to the world that I am a child of the king. I know God as my father and I will live for him and he will protect me. That's the promise He is able, able to keep us from stumbling and to make us to stand in the presence of his glory, blameless. Can you even picture that? That you will stand blameless in front of him. That all your life and all your stuff will be swept away and you will stand pure in Christ. You will be the person who can climb the holy hill. You will be that person. And he will hold out his arms to you. And you won't be the prodigal. You are not the prodigal son. Not anymore. You have come home. And he has given you his robe. And he has wrapped you in his arms. And he has promised, you belong here with me. And here you will stay. Just choose to build the ark. Will you just choose to build the ark? Will you just work with the person next to you and the person next to that person? Will you just work together to talk about me as I am. He... <laughs> no, don't. I haven't finished. <laughs> Mike, you just want me to finish so you can get to the cake. Don't think I don't know. There's still, yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you, but thank you. You will not fear. I had a, a long time ago, when I was first back in the UK, I had a, I am nearly finished, you'll be glad to see here. I, I, um, I had an email from a good friend of mine, a Japanese friend, and um, she, um, she, was, she, uh, her, she was married to an American, and he uh, divorced her and, uh, because he'd found a younger Japanese person. That's very common in Asia. And... Uh, but in the process of that horrific experience, she had three children. In the process of that, she, she happened to live next door to an American family who were Christians. And they led her, the, the wife led her to the Lord. So she uh, started doing Bible study with me. And um, anyway, she wrote me an email. And she said um, she, hadn't, she, she couldn't sleep. Her parents were up in the um, place where the tsunami had hit and the earthquake. And 
She couldn't sleep. She was worried about them. She was worried about how they would manage. They were old. How would they do? Her brother had gone into a life of immorality, and so she was worried about him. She was worried about her children who were going off to university, and she just couldn't sleep. She was afraid. And she wrote to me, and, you know, it was hard to know how to write back to her. It was a long, long email. And, and I prayed. This was probably 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I prayed, Lord, I just don't even know how to answer her because she's going through stuff I haven't gone through. And she's facing a fear that I, I actually can't identify with. And God said, um, I, I prayed about it. He said to me, I, um, I want you to write Psalm 3 back to her. I want you to talk to her about Psalm 3. And, um, O oh Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. She was hearing those voices in the night that were saying to her, your life's a mess. There's no way out. Your children are going to you know, go off the rails. Your, your parents, are, you're not going to be able to look after them. Your brother is you know, wasting away his life and eating away the inheritance that was supposed to be both of theirs. So she was facing ruin financially and in, in every way in her life. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me round about. And I wrote back to her, Michiko, remember, this is our God. He is the God who has promised that he will hold us in the palm of his hand. He is the God who has promised his protection. And everywhere in scripture you see the same thing. Give yourself over to me and I will protect you. Give yourself to me fully and I will lead you home. And honestly, this morning I woke up and I thought, Lord, God, I want to go home now. I do. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was awake for about an hour and a half and then I went back to sleep and I woke up this morning and I looked at the news on my laptop and I thought, you know what, I don't, I don't want to live in this world. It's a mess. I love my children. I love my husband. I love my grandchildren. I love my friends. I love my family. But I don't want to live here anymore. I don't belong here. And I don't know how to move and be in this place because it's just too horrific. And God says, you're building, and you're building an ark. You're building an ark. And when it's done, you can go. But until then, you've got to keep going. You know, and, and the thing is, that's what he's saying to you. You're building an ark, Pat. You're building an ark. And you can't go until it's done. And Kate and Linda and Alan and Bob, who I've just met, you're building an ark. And it's a precious, precious thing. And we can't go until it's done. So I need you to get up and build. Because I want out of here. I need you to start building. And you need me to do my part. And together, together, we can bring the Lord back for us. We can hasten his appearing. That's what the Bible tells us. We can hasten his appearing. 
so. You've made me miss all this stuff, um, Mike. It's all your fault. I've got all these wonderful scriptures and we're not going to talk about them, so that's it. So, as we do this, just remember, God has guaranteed us victory. He has guaranteed victory for the person who puts their trust in him. Whatever your life, whatever it's like, he has guaranteed that you will be victorious in this life. And you claim that victory every time you say, I will not be afraid. I will build the ark. Father, I thank you for your word, which is amazing. I thank you for how you reveal yourself to us in this word. I thank you that, yet that you are so exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we can ask or think. I thank you that I can't picture you, Lord. I thank you that I can't adequately describe you i thank you that your your protection is beyond anything i can imagine i thank you that that you will take the fear and the anxiety and and you'll take the depression and the despair and you will take it all and use it for your glory i thank you that you will remove it i thank you that you will take my sin and our sin and you will move it as far as the east is from the west i thank you that you are every day purifying us making us into a people for your own possession i thank you that we are the bride of christ and that one day we will stand before you beautiful beautiful in robes that you have given us that we will stand in righteousness And we will know you as we are known. I praise you and thank you for that. And until then, Lord God, I ask you to help us to understand our place in this body, our purpose in this world, that we might really live for you and really live for your glory. And that as we do, we might help one another to be believers, to really be believers in a world that is so desperately dark and so terribly afraid. So I ask, Lord, all of that, I praise you because you are the God who will answer this prayer. And I ask you, Lord, to go with us all now as we go about our own business to our different places, that you would burn this message in our hearts, Lord, that you would enable us to remember it as we lay down tonight and as we wake up tomorrow, that you have a calling on our life, you have a plan and a purpose, and that you have put us together so that we might together live for your glory. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.